You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Over, 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 all things ATL. ATL. For everything Falcons. First to the end zone. Touchdown. This is Peachtree Football. Now, your host, Dylan Matthews and Bo Morgan. What's going on, everybody? It is your boy, Dylan Matthews, alongside the man, the myth, the legend himself, Bo Morgan, and we are Peachtree Football. Make sure you guys like this podcast, follow the podcast, download it. We are wherever you get your podcast. That is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app. Wherever you get your podcast, that's where you find Peachtree Football. Bo Morgan, before we get started, I got a little big L. Woo! Let's go. Oh, oh, oh. Two wins in a row for the Atlanta Falcons. And the first time under Arthur Smith, the Falcons have won back-to-back football games. Bo Morgan, I am feeling myself. I'm feeling the Atlanta Falcons right now. Whew, what a win for the Atlanta Falcons as they defeat Cleveland Browns 23-20. to And Bo, the defense again comes up big. Grady Jarrett with a sack and then followed right after or uh interception i should say follows right after and this time it was d alford he's really a great nfl story but most importantly falcons get it done bo morgan how you feeling yeah i mean wow we're at two and two a rough start you know we go zero and two to start and we go out in seattle get a win over a team that you know you should beat and then right. you get a Cleveland team, and I heard I've even I've already heard oh well they're banged up, yeah. Well, our best player barely played today. I mean, exactly. I said barely. He maybe played what he touched the ball. I think CP maybe had um, nine nine carries or something like that. I mean, did he played it all in the second half. I don't yeah, know he played. played yeah, half. he played. He played. Oh, he did. He, okay. he carried the ball nine times, so he was probably in for about fifteen to twenty snaps at the most. Okay. I mean. So I don't really care. I don't care no. if 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 Miles Garrett put him, you know, uh, had a, uh, wasn't playing or or you didn't have uh, Jadavian Clowney. Right. I mean, you won without Jadavian Clowney last week. So what's it matter? I, I don't care. It's another win. And once again, you know, their offense wasn't banged up. No. Nope. Okay. I mean, 
Nick Chubb didn't look roughed up when he was carrying guys 10 yards down the field. Not and, at all. And you and that defensive line is still pretty good up front. They're still not yeah. a bad defensive line. Now, Miles Garrett affects the pass rush, but they still were able to get after mm-hmm. Marcus Mariota at times. And Jadavian Clowney does affect the running, and he was very good against the run. But I don't really care. I, I don't because we had guys, we had to pull up Caleb Huntley, and look what he did. He went off. I mean, you know. He played well, so it's a great win. You're two and two. If things work out tonight for you, you could be tied for first place in the division with the with with the Bucks. If the Chiefs could help you out, so it's a great win. And you touched on it that you know Grady stepped up again, just like last week. Not much nope. of a pass rush, and then all of a sudden, boom! You need it, Grady Jarrett. Once again, he steps up. Um, D. Offord makes a play. So, you know, I don't want to hear anything like that. Now, that being said, this defense, I touched on leading the Seattle week. Mm-hmm. I said the red area is killing the Atlanta Falcons. Yep. They were allowing going into that game. I've got it right here. 87, seven of nine possessions mm-hmm. in the red zone uh, for opposing offenses ended in – uh, touchdowns. That's right. eighty-seven and a half percent. So that eighty-eight, basically eighty-eight percent of the time, when a team walked in the red area, your defense was giving them a touchdown. Right. Since, since then, mm-hmm. it's three for eight. Three times they've given up touchdowns in in eight possessions in the red area at thirty-seven point five percent. That is a tremendous, tremendous. And lo and behold, when you go from seven of nine, you go and you 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 go from seven of nine to three of eight, and guess what? The the two football games is seven of nine, you lose. The two football games that are three and eight, you win. So it, it makes a difference, like you said, and that's why you were yeah, that's why you've been harping on it so much because it makes that big of a difference. Allowing teams to score touchdowns on you in the red zone versus you know, bending but not breaking completely and only giving up field goals, it makes a huge difference. And we saw that pay dividends not only last week, but this week as well. So it it, it when we when you talk about it and we talk about it that much, that's the reason why. It's the difference between losing two football games and winning two football games. I mean, that's it. So the red area was huge. The the defense, like they they perked up and they they made plays when they needed to. And, and look, it was look, big. Let's not let's point out something too. Um, mm-hmm. They uh, they 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 they've done a good job mm-hmm. this year in creating turnovers. Yes. Um, and I believe that the, I th- I think going into this game they created two today, or, or they, they had two obviously with the one at the end. But I think right. coming into the day, um, the defense. Had uh had I believe gotten like uh, force five. They've now forced seven turnovers, which is pretty good. Yes. And 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 one thing that we've always kind of talked about and harked on is you've got to score seven mm-hmm. after you create a turnover. And and too often, uh, and we've seen whether we don't do that. Right. So they the Michael Walker, uh, no, excuse me, it was Jalen Hawkins. Pops the ball out, and I believe Rashawn yeah. Evans, if I'm not mistaken, hops on it. I don't know how I don't know that because I'm literally <laughs> I've seen it with binoculars, but I know that that's what happened. Jalen yeah. Hawkins, boom, 
uh, Rashawn Evans recovers, and Evans yep. is a ball hawk for recovering. He's played well. Immediately, the offense turned it into seven points, which is huge. It's huge mm-hmm. because, by the way, you would just kick the field goal after you turned them over on downs. Right. Open the game. So, essentially, if you want to count that turnover on downs as a turnover, which is not not considered as a turnover turnover, but you right. did, boom, 10 points right off the bat. That's mm-hmm. big. That's the offense going with what happened. But there's other things to talk about the offense. We're just obviously hitting the defense first. Yeah, no, I mean, the defense The defense came up big time and time again. You touched on it. When we got the turnover on downs to start, that was, that was huge. That really honestly set the tone of this ball game, that the defense was going to grind it out, make plays when they have to, and it wasn't always going to be pretty. But guess what? When you need them the most, they show up. Then, obviously, you touched on it, Jalen Hawkins forcing the ball out, Rashawn Evans cover it. We really, we really almost got another one in, in the red zone, but, you know, they, they – it's a judgment call. I get it. I heard Dave Archer talking about it. It's more of a judgment call. So I understand that at the end zone, you know, it's stop us for prior. Okay, I get all that. Well, hold and, on. Let's talk about let's talk about that real quick. Okay. Can yeah, we? let's get into it. That is a horrendous call. <laughs> that is brutal. Because let me tell you something. I watched this game. I watched Nick Chubb drag yeah. body Ogan Daisy <laughs> drag him. Drag him for like seven yards. Yeah. Okay. You want to know what you you want to talk about? Nick Chubb is 5'11, 227. Yeah. He might be the, the strongest man in the NFL. Might be. He might be. Adi Ogandeji is 6'4, 270. <laughs> so don't tell me the guy's uh forward progress is stopped. When he's out here dragging DNs. <laughs> I talked to someone. Uh, I got to say this without getting me and that person in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, someone who has dealt with, a f- that, that has an official point of view. Let's put it that way. Right. They said, just go back and look. Mm-hmm. Go back and look at the refs that play. So I did. Mm-hmm. Their eyes were never up. Their eyes were down the whole time. They never saw him reach the ball out. They were looking down the line from waist down. Horrendous call. Because if he if he reaches over that goal line by just that much and yeah. they review that, it's a touchdown. Exactly. Because because what you know, because let's say he doesn't fumble, right? Mm-hmm. And then they blow it down and they go back at any point before the whistle blew, it's a touchdown. Yep. No whistles blew that I heard. So that's just, I mean, that's so infuriating. It is. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, too, that's the type of play where it, it I feel like it takes the wins out of your sails uh, if you're the defense, too, because you think you got this huge turnover, you're jacked up, you're hyped up, and then it's like, no, 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 we, we blew the play dead. And he, we, we stopped his forward progress. And then it's on the goal line, too, so they deflated and then, that's the type of play where they, they score on the very next play. So, you know, we were fortunate that – because I don't think they – they didn't score on that drive, right? Did they? Or was that the Jacoby Brissett four-yard touchdown run? Was that that drive? No, that was uh, – that was – no, that was before this um, – oh, that was the first touchdown. Uh, that made it 10-7. This was at the okay. end of the half, end of the first okay. half. The very next play, um, 
Jacoby Brissett rolls out and um, give it uh, Richie Grant breaks, actually breaks the play up. They called oh, okay. a holding penalty, yeah. and so they pushed them back. So that right. holding penalty really, um, really, really kind of moved it backwards, and then they ended up kicking a field goal, and that I think with about five to six seconds left. So, yeah. So luckily in that case, it didn't deflate the defense too much, and they were able to you know bounce back, had a good next play mentality, and hold them to a field goal. But in that case, it can be deflating and. You know, again, it could be one of those type of deals where you think you get a turnover in the next play, boom, they score. And then that's really, really deflating. All your momentum is dead. So that's a huge missed call by the referee. So I'm glad you yelled at him because I wanted to, but I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, I didn't have the courage to do it, but you did. So I Well, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I, I, again, I've, I've met some people. I don't want to give the, the title away. It's no, not no, anyone no. with affiliated with the Falcons organization. No. Right. Um, but I, I just said, Hey, what are we doing? What are you guys? What 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 are the guys doing? And what are they just say? At? Just go back and look. You know, there. And I think maybe that's someone how they're taught. But I mean, I it just it's such a huge play. Right. Um, and and honestly, I can say this because I'm not a team. I'm not paid by the team. Craig Rolstad's officiating crew has been normally. I've always thought they were decent. Bad day, mm. man. They missed a lot of calls. Yep. Um, to me, that happened. They missed calls because. There was some there's some pass interference you think you call us. Marcus Mariota gets just hammered out of bounds by yeah, Denzel, Denzel Ward. Ward. Mm-hmm. Nothing. So it th- there's some frustration there for me. Right. But nonetheless, the Falcons persevered through all of that, and we still got the win 23 to 20 over the Cleveland Browns to get to two and two. So we we got a couple of shaky things to talk about, but I want to be mainly positive. We'll get to that stuff on, on the very end and we'll we'll talk about it, but we we aren't gonna get too, too deep into it. We, we got all week to talk about some, you know, not so great stuff. But let's talk about the good stuff right now because we're all feeling good. We're hyped up and amped up after a win. Man, we touched on it for a second, but let's really talk about it now. How important was that Caleb? I'm going to call it the Caleb Huntley drive because that was the Caleb Huntley drive. And I love what uh, Wes Durham said on the call when he said, he said that, <laughs> that touchdown was brought to you, I don't know if he said sponsored or brought to you by the Duke, but it really was because 10 straight runs, Caleb Huntley was breaking first down run after first down run after first down run. He brought such a nice change of pace and such an energy back to the offensive line, to the running game, to that whole entire offense, Bo, because before that, the offense got kind of stagnant. You know, the, the wind was really gone out of their sails. They had lost their momentum, but Caleb Huntley brought it right back. So, I'm lucky. There's there's three. There's four of us. There's, there's the great radio hall, of, uh, Georgia radio hall of famer Miller Pope in the booth. Yes. There's Wes. There's me, and there's um, there's Dave Archer. Mm-hmm. And Arch looked at me and said, "Hey, uh, you know, uh, this is gonna be an interesting drive. Looks like uh, the, the 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 offense was huddled around. There was like some, some talking and stuff. Now offense is always huddled, offensive line. But right. I don't know what happened." But the you you're not wrong with anything you said. I don't want that this to sound like I'm telling I'm, I'm saying oh you're wrong yeah. about what happened. Right. But you said it was Caleb Huntley's drive, the Duke, and and, and it right. was. He was the feature back, and he was just awesome. Yes. Well, let's talk about what that offensive line did mm-hmm. because they ran it 15 straight times and it resulted in 10 points it ended up being 10 points mm-hmm. 
they were moving people. Yes. I mean, they were road grading. Um, <laughs> at one point in, in at the end of the the that that first that first drive, mm-hmm. right? Right. Um, that Huntley scored on that ended, or that that the quarter ended, third quarter ended, and went into the fourth. Yeah. The drive was in the middle of it, and Arch noticed that Lindstrom was like, ah, the sideline. They <laughs> felt it. They were yeah. pushing people. This offensive line, this team ran for 202 yards, 35 carries. All right, let's let's put it this way. Mm-hmm. So the Cleveland came in with the number one rushing attack in the NFL. Right. At 35 carries for 100, uh, and they and, and, and they were averaging um, 190 yards. Whew. They ran for 177 on 35 carries. Mm-hmm. The Falcons came in with the seventh best attack, right. and they were averaging um, ninth, fifth best. I'm sorry, fifth best attack. I apologize. They're mm-hmm. averaging 157 game. So the so the Falcons ran for almost 50 yards more. Mm-hmm. Than their average against the seventh best rushing defense in the league coming in. Now it's only after three games, so they, you know, they they made some hay. They moved some people. It's they an impressive, impressive performance because they did not play well in pass protection for a while, right? And and but they got out there and they got after it, and it was very fun to watch. I mean, I don't remember ever seeing an entire a one drive where it was just ten carries. Because it was ten carries, and that drive you're talking about, I don't mm-hmm. remember a drive like that ever. Uh, I remember some similar that Arch was bringing up, like, oh no, because I said to him, he's like, well, I remember Michael <laughs> Turner did that some, and we did that with Duckett and all those guys. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't remember ten like that. And then no. you turn it on to five more, and you went right back down the field. So that was that was fun to watch. We will have a legitimate rushing attack, and we have three running backs, including look, look, four really. Avery Williams yeah. made a national run. But yeah, yeah, four guys, but they can do it because of those guys up front. Those guys up front are really good right now. Uh, run yeah. blocking, they are moving people out of the way. The offensive line, really, in the run game, they're playing like some maulers right now. Just like you said, moving people forward, and they're just they're just doing all the the dirty work, the, the grit and the grimy stuff that you know you really just love your offensive line to do. So the offensive line really getting it done in the running game right now. And again, over 200 yards on the ground uh, this afternoon. So really great job by offensive line. And like you said, that that drive right there, the energy. And I was like, I was watching the game, but I was mainly listening to, you know, obviously Dave Archer and West Durham. And then just the, the energy that they were describing that the offense had in the offensive line and Caleb Huntley. I mean, that energy just sounded different. And that drive just sounded like, man, they were, they were full steam ahead. They did not, it, it could have been any team in front of them and they would have just, blown any team over that was right in front of them that's how that's that's what it felt like you know and that's what it sounded like you know the the kind of energy that they had so that was great stuff and that was that was a great job and a a key drive too it gave you the lead back um so it it was really just a a good way to answer the bell because cleveland had scored right before that too i believe um so it was it was just a good way uh, just a good answer by the atlanta falcons overall okay let's uh get into this a little bit too because you know Unfortunately, there there was, you know, there was a lot of there was a lot of good, but there was a, a smidge a smidge bit of stuff we could we need to work on as well. And again, I, I hate harping on this because it's a win, but 
And again, social media isn't real. But, you know, there is a little bit behind this. Mario, Marcus Mariota didn't have the best day. Now, was he bad? In my opinion, he wasn't bad. But there, there were some things that you definitely need to clean up. You know, there, there was a high snap by Drew Dahlman, but there was also a snap that kind of went through the hands of Marcus Mariota. It looked like a pretty catchable snap. And, you know, people are just criticizing the play of Marcus Mario today. And now they're really trying to call for Desmurder. And I really want to get your thoughts on this. One, on how Marcus Mariota played overall today. And then two, you know, I'm not of the opinion we need to see Desmurder anytime soon, nor will we if we keep winning. Um, but just what are your thoughts on how Marcus Mariota played today? Yeah, I don't think it was his best game, but I also, I also think there was a lot of circumstances, you know, that they were – you know, um, there are some things he's got to do better that Arch pointed out about, you know, maybe right. end up on the broadcast uh, about, you know, change, you know, kind of getting out of some stuff sooner mm-hmm. when you see certain certain, uh, you know, blitzes coming and stuff with like some some play action fakes and their run blitzing or they're blitzing anyways. It'd be like a run blitz. They're just they're biting no matter what they're coming in. Um, then maybe forget the fake, get out and because you got man coverage. Uh, in those situations, mm-hmm. I thought he missed a couple of those. I also thought, though, like the interception, I didn't think it was his fault. Um, no. We talked about it. Well, like that Drake London maybe could have ran a little bit better route. He, mm-hmm. like, look, that ball was in there, and the defender ran the route better than Drake in that. In that, I think it was Denzel Ward that made the play, and he's a good, he's a very, he's a good, good player in this league. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously he's uh, a few years in, but he's a good player in this league. So, I didn't think that, but I thought Marcus Mariota, yeah, the snap, you know, that seemed, it, this just always seems that there's a little bit of something there with him in those situations. Right. But he also made a play that, that won, that, that helped win you the game. Yeah. It's 2020, you're backed up, and, uh, and, and, and Marcus makes a play. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he rolls, he gets out of the pocket, and he throws on the run to, uh, OZ, Alameda Zacchaeus, and Alameda, um, was able to was able to adjust his route, uh, because of where where the ball was the ball was put out there early. It was put out out front off his off one foot, off his uh back foot, and it was a great play. That's Marcus making a play. Yep. None of those Desmond Ritter, uh, fanboys <laughs> are out there are mentioning that. See, that's right. the problem with these people. Mm-hmm. That's the, what's what bugs me. I get it if you want to see Ritter, that's fine. But don't don't pile jump when it fits, and then not give credit when you should. That's exactly. the problem. I don't. None of those people were giving Marcus credit for that play he made, but they want to mm-hmm. kill the guy when they when they think he doesn't make a play. That's what <laughs> irritates the hell out of me with that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So I'm not ready to see Desmond. The damn team is winning. You're two exactly. and two. We don't need to. We don't need to go out here and shake things up. Marcus is helping you win games, okay? And he's not the sole reason you lost the other two. Mm. Oh, that's just the bottom line. So let's keep doing what we're doing because it's working. Let's do it. Let, let's let's get further down the road. And if it, if there's a bigger problem further down the road, okay, let's address it then. Now's not the time because I don't know if Desmond Ritter is going to make those plays. Right I now. don't think he I don't will. know if he's ready. I'm not saying he can't. I just don't know if he's ready. So let's just chill and enjoy a win. Not exactly. Those people, obviously. Right. 
I mean, come on. We're we're winning. We're two and two. If anybody would have told me that we would be two and two at this point, I'll be very happy with that. And I would take that. So just enjoy the win and stop and, and stop always being a negative Nancy. Just enjoy the W. You don't get to sometimes you don't get to celebrate W's a lot on an NFL Sunday. And you do today. So be grateful. But and no, too, to to your point on that throw. I believe he started rolling to his left and had to throw back across his body because obviously he's right-handed. He threw back across his body to Alameda Zacchaeus. So that makes it even better that he throw all the way back across his body and back across the field. So that was a huge play by Marcus. And he made some other plays too, getting out of sacks, which again, Desmond Ritter is mobile, but I don't think he's quite as mobile. He has quite the quickness that Marcus Mariota has. So that's another thing too. Guess what? On some of those plays where Marcus Mariota was nearly sacked, and there were a few, at least two or three, that jumped to my mind immediately, Desmond Ritter might be getting sacked on those plays. Now, he may be able to scramble out of that, but I'm not sure because, again, I don't think he's as quick. I don't think he's quite as mobile as uh, Marcus Mariota is. So think about that, too. Well, he's Desmond a mobile. Fan boys. He's a mobile guy, but he's yeah. nowhere near the athlete. You're right. He's nowhere near the athlete. Marcus Mariota is, is, is pretty elite when it yeah. comes to athleticism. Yes. Um, the, the, you know, his mobility in the pocket. I mean, we forget how dominant this guy was mm-hmm. when he played at um, Oregon. So we forget that. I mean, this guy was really good. And, and you saw a little bit of that when they ran the, uh, I believe it was, um, Maybe it was the third quarter. I think they ran the read option at some point, or maybe it was second quarter. But uh, he kept it, and it was a you know it was a good it was a good chunk play, and part of that was his speed. People just you know I, I've I've gotten I just gotten where I ignored. I, I've heard it. I mean I heard it for years with with Matt Ryan and and uh, you know there were people that hated Mike Vick when he played here, um, and, and, and complained about him and what he brought. So yeah, you know, you, it's just just get to the point where. You know, those people are always whining and complaining. They're not happy people. So let them, let them, let them make up stuff and whatever. Uh, I don't know if I don't. I think if you make the move that Twitter Nation or Twitterverse was calling for, which we saw uh, in the third quarter, I don't know if you win that game. So bottom line. So whatever, we move on. And Marcus, you know, he's still the quarterback. He's going to continue to be the quarterback as long as this team is doing what they're doing. In four games. They've all been one score games. Yep. And you're two and two. So pretty darn good. I'll take it. Almost. We should be just talking about that. the the run game and the way the defense played today. Uh it, yeah. when they needed to. They had moments, but when they needed to, um, they really stood up. They made plays, and they're a big part. They're well, they're they're, they're and a big I'm, part of this. And I'm really glad you brought up the running game because I do want to go back to talking about the running game and how much of a positive it was, not only because of the fact that we almost rushed for or we rushed for over 200 yards, but also because of the fact it came from multiple people. Caleb Huntley, 50-plus yards. Tyler Algier, 82 yards, I believe. CP, you know, he was a little banged up, but he still got uh, almost 40 yards. So the question is, are we going to start to see more of that. I mean, obviously, if, if CP is a little banged up, I know we'll, we'll definitely probably see more of what we saw um, today. But even when CP is healthy, especially trying to take, you know, some of the load off of CP because he has carried the load through these first three weeks and he was able to, you know, get a little time off today. But moving forward, when CP is feeling a little bit healthier and that knee is feeling a little bit better, are we still going to see the same game plan, though? Are we still going to see more of a running back by committee? Because 
I mean, Caleb Huntley, he was a nice change of pace. Tyler Algier, we've been working him more and more and more into the fold, and he's gotten better and better and better, it seems like. And Cordell Patterson is still freaking Cordell Patterson. So do you think what we saw today is going to impact the way we see the carries divvied up at all? I think there is – I think it's a really good point, and I think it's something that we need to monitor as we go forward because mm-hmm. – you want to keep Cordero Patterson fresh, okay? Right. He, he, we saw him wear late last year. There's no secret. Uh, I'm sure he would tell you that that's not what happened, but th- I think there is some truth to that. He's already banged up this year. He's now, after today, I think he's carried it like 53 times, 52 times, something like that. Yeah. So you would like to be able to do that. So the problem now turns to active spots on the roster. True. Because today was one of those days where you you elevated Caleb Huntley because you needed him. Mm -hmm. And Avery Williams isn't going anywhere. But you've basically not seen Damian Williams at all this year. You saw him for two or three plays week one, and then he got hurt with a rib injury. So what do you do with him when he comes back? Now, he was – he was put on the IR the day before, the Saturday before the LA game. So now two weeks has passed. So two more weeks will go by. But now you get into this issue with, hey, what do you do there? Because you're going to have to make a decision. And after what Caleb Huntley is showing, if if you take him back down, someone could come grab him from that from the from the from the practice squad. So right. you, you kind of run into an issue with what do you do uh there and so you, but but to but to the bigger picture, yeah, I think they're gonna try to I think that was the plan all along. I think Damian Williams injury changed that because you didn't because basically they didn't feel maybe that Algier was where they wanted him to be. But right. now he's starting to fill it. He's starting to show you these things, right? Mm-hmm. So you're starting to kind of depend on him or get to where to the point where you can depend on him because he's clearly showing he's ready and he's capable. So, yeah, I, I think to your point, I do think it changes. I think you want to use it. That also keeps CP fresh. And there's nothing wrong with having three or four guys you can go to, especially when they run like that, especially when you run the ball 35 times for an average of almost six yards a carry. Right. And the other thing, too, about that is, you know, you can take uh, take it a step further, keeping CP fresh. You can keep everybody fresh. And if you have that type of running back by committee, not only does it change the pace because all those guys have, you know, different type of, of run styles. And if you can rotate those guys in and out, you can keep the defense on their toes. You can keep those guys fresh. And so bringing fresh legs in at the running back position, I mean, heck, Caleb Huntley showed it today what kind of difference that can make. So just being able to keep fresh running backs coming in and out. Now, you do get to a, a point on the other side of that coin where, you know, guys still got to catch their rhythms. You don't want to have guys coming in and out too, too much because I think there is something to running backs having a rhythm and finding their rhythm in the game. So, you know, you can't have them on there too much, but still there is something to having fresh guys being able to, you know, come in, get a few carries, take a breather, you know, something like that. So, I think there is something to that. So if you can keep this going, running back committee going, and have success with it, 
Colts. Why not keep that going? I mean, you keep the defense on their heels. I mean, there's just so many benefits. If you can pull it off to, to having a running back by committee situation, not it, not the whole load be on Cordell Patterson. But, Bo, we're, we're getting up against it here. The, the Braves are on. We got we to gotta go watch the Braves, and hopefully they can uh, finish their sweep of the Mets and, you know, get their uh, – Get their lead in the NL East a little bit, a uh, little bit deeper. So, any final thoughts on the Falcons' win today against the Cleveland Browns? Get to two and two. We'll talk about it more, but you know, I will say now that now the the game next week was already big. It's even bigger now, though, especially if Tampa Bay loses. That game is for first place, sole possession of first place next week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers if they do lose tonight. So we'll be scoreboard watching a little bit on that game as well, but. Any final thoughts on uh, on Browns versus Falcons? Yeah, so honestly, uh, I, I we've kind of talked about this. Mm-hmm. I think the game ball needs to go to a lot of our guys on the defense. Um, oh, yes. I want to say the whole as a whole, um, but there's some guys in particular. Let's look at. Let's start with our secondary. Mm-hmm. You know, we look we look kind of out there at first, but let me tell you something, Amari Cooper. Had two straight hundred yard games coming into this. He had nineteen yep. catches coming into coming into this game. He had four targets, one reception, nine yards. You know who's you know who did that? Oh you know yeah, who did that. AJ Terrell. Terrell was. I saw that he was following him around. All right, Casey Hayward had some good covers today. So AJ wow. gets a game ball from me. Grady Jarrett fault mm-hmm. was held all day. Fault. That's a really good offensive line. He fought like hell. Brady Jarrett came up big when you needed him, just like he did last week. And he added another. Now he's got three and a half sacks this year. Um, so he's continuing to play. Rashawn Evans is another guy. Yes. Who always around the ball, was there when you needed him to. But my big mm-hmm. boy, Anthony Rush, too. Yeah. I saw him make move. He was having a good day. So those guys, you know, on defense, the defense as a whole, Richie Grant, I think Jalen Hawkins, man. Mike Ford made some plays. You can go through there, and most everybody made. Taquan Graham yeah. played well yep. today. So, so I, I just he offered even even redeemed himself, and he you know he got beat earlier by Donovan Peoples Jones, and he came back and got the interception. So you know he made you know he he won he helped win us the game. He made the game to he made the play to seal it. So Arch, give it one too. Arch and I were talking about this two weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. Your defense has stood up in the end of a game. When you said, all right, guys, to give you the lead, hold it. And, boy, they did. And so, yeah, man, that defense is a hole for me. I, I know it's not – you know, you're going to look at this. You're going to look at some of the stats. What do they say? Uh, stats, stats lie. Yeah, I don't know, whatever. Do. Stats are for losers, whatever they want to say. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think most of the time the stats pretty much tell the truth. But uh, you look at this one, and the stat that we need to pay attention to are turnovers created mm-hmm. and the red zone efficiency on defense. Both right. those were pretty key today, and a defense is because of that. I mean, they 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 made the plays. It wasn't gifted. They made plays. So that's that's probably my final moment. And kudos to the defense. We talked. We we gave the offensive line a ton of love and the running backs. Kudos to the defense. Two weeks in a row, they have they have carried their weight and stood up when you needed them to. I've also while we're giving out game balls, I'm going to give out the, my game balls to. Got to give it to to the offensive line. I'm gonna give it to the offensive line as a whole because, like you said, on that one drive, they you know 
They 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 might have been getting pushed back a little bit, uh, you know, early on in that third quarter in that second half. But like you said, when they got in that huddle and they, you know, they got fired up, whoever was talking to them was talking to them. Then they came out, and I mean, they busted the Cleveland Browns' butts that entire drive, really for those 15 plays. So O-line gets game ball, and then you got to give two more to Caleb Huntley and Tyler Algier because, man, when, when CP went down, he was a little banged up. They showed up and showed out. They carried the weight in, at the running back position. So offensive line and Caleb Huntley and uh, Tyler Algier got to get game balls for me today. So that's going to do it for this episode of Peace Street Football. Again, make sure you guys follow the podcast, download it, like it. We are wherever you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app. You get Peace Street Football on all those platforms and more. So for Dylan Matt, for Bo Morgan, I'm Dylan Matthews, and we are going to go ahead and sign off. We will talk to you guys Wednesday. We're going to keep reacting to what happened today as the Falcons take down the Cleveland Browns 23-20. to We'll also take a quick peek at Tampa Bay, at, you know, what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are bringing to the table as we get into week five, you know, because, again, Tampa Bay loses tonight, tied atop of the division, and that week five game becomes that much bigger. But we'll get all into that as we move on this week in Peachtree football. But, again, for Boy Morgan, I'm Dylan Matthews, and you know we got to do it, Bo. Atlanta Falcons, two and two. We're coming, baby. Trying to shock the world. Rise up. And we will talk to you guys next time.